your first eight guys maybe should be blue plate specials, but those back five guys, they should be more like tin hats, more guys that are grunt players, garbage players that dive for the ball. You are listening to the Scrambled Eggs Podcast on CrackedSidewalks.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome into Scrambled Eggs, your unofficial Marquette basketball podcast here on CrackSidewalks.com. Joe McCann and Phil Bush here with you once again to talk about a top 10 team once again, Phil. Marquette inched up one from 11 to 10, so technically we are talking about a top 10 team again. Yeah, well, I mean, I was excited the first time. I'm just as excited the second time. And for the second podcast in a row, we are talking about a huge Huge game with Big East implications, championships on the line. Uh, we're going to, as we always do, we're going to talk about the week that was. It was only one game of this past week, and that was the Xavier game. And we're going to take a look at the Big East standings as they stand at this moment, as you're listening to it on uh, Tuesday morning, and, and look ahead to uh, uh, the big game against Creighton and what Marquette can do and maybe scenarios that they could wind up with either an outright title or. Uh, or a shared title, depending on how things shake out. So we're going to look at all the contenders and whatnot. But Phil, first let's talk about that uh, dramatic win over Xavier last week. And I know you were in the building. Yes. And uh, I watched it on TV, and that that that's what a Marquette game should feel like, right? It's just high stress, drama, a loud crowd. Shouts to everybody who filled that place. I don't know if it was officially a sellout, but I think Paint Touches was saying it was Marquette's largest midweek crowd in quite some time. Because yeah, yeah, it's, it's I get it. It's Wednesday night. It's six o'clock. It's school night. It's Wisconsin. It's freezing out, so it may it's tough to maybe get out. But uh, seemed like a great, great crowd, Phil. Yeah. Oh, it was it was an outstanding crowd, and and yeah, it wasn't a sellout, but it was. Like you had to really look up and up in the rafters to see where there were, you know, obviously people not seated and and stuff like that. So, but it had that big game feel, yes, right? Yes, and the, and the crowd was into it, right? Like, and that was, um, that was the one of the biggest takeaways I had is I, you know, you know, I was in the building, so was so was no red for Owen, and um, it was the most electric crowd I think I've been a part of in. I don't know, years, right? Half a decade. Um, probably the last time I, I felt a crowd with that much like enthusiasm, enthusiasm and, and excitement was probably when, when Marquette beat then number one Nova. And that, that some of that excitement was, a, oh my God, this is actually happening excitement versus, you know, versus kind of the expectation excitement of this game. Um, so it was remarkable. The crowd was in, was was into it, and you know, and and this is probably old old hand by now, but like that was one of the most intelligent crowds I, I've I've been a part of as well. Because you know, Shaka mentioned in his post game how the the crowd lifted the team up, but like literally when Marquette was down 16, 19 to six, the crowd just spontaneously was like, "All right, not tonight, suckers," and like during a Marquette offensive possession, just decided to stand up and start screaming and cheering. And, you know, I th- I think it made an impact, but that was, you know, and then the entire second, just about the entire second half, the the crowd was standing when it wasn't a timeout. So um, they, they, they brought the energy, that's for sure. I think that was noticeable even watching on television that this was not a crowd that was ready to check out early. Like they, right, and they uh, could Even when they got down... Yeah, they could have very well, like in in years past, that probably would have 
sent people heading to the aisles very early, right? Or starting to sit down and groan. But it just wasn't that type of crowd. And I knew, I know you felt that they're in the arena, but I kind of got the sense of that just watching on TV that everyone's like, all right, guys, we're better than this. And this is our house. And we still want to see you win this game. We believe you can. And I think that's a feeling we really haven't had in, in Fiserv form in a while. And I think that was refreshing to see. And the team responded very well. And was it their best game they've played? No, but it was pretty dang good. And uh, even guys who struggled ended up making big plays to help them win. You know, like Omax and Cam Jones, uh, their numbers shooting the ball were not great. But they combined to hit the shot that won the game. Cam drove to the basket and Omax with a, a putback for the ages. Uh, that follow dunk was unbelievable. I mean, it got me hopping out of my chair in my living room. And uh, that must have really blown off, blown the roof off the place there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There were there were multiple key plays that that really got the, the crowd juiced. And um, and again, that's why you you want to play home games like that, because I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go so far as to say, hey, the crowd, <laughs> the crowd had a bigger impact than the players themselves. But, you know, when when, you know, Xavier's trying to inbound and Marquette's pressing um, and the crowd is just screaming and yelling, it's it's got to be hard to to think or or, you know, hear what your teammates are saying or, or make the right play. So that was probably the one of the first times, certainly since COVID, but but even before COVID, where I felt like home court advantage meant something or mattered like it like it used to do right like you know in the in the glory days and there are some fans out there that you know haven't had this experience but you know there were some pretty raucous crowds in the in the buzz and and tom crean eras at the old bradley center and and this was the first time in, since the fiserv that i've really felt like you know, like the old Marquette crowd was back, which was which was really encouraging. Yeah, and again, that's what I am used to Marquette basketball feeling like is just yes, stressful. I didn't enjoy the stress necessarily, mm-hmm. but I did miss the feeling, if that makes sense. Yeah, like I I I, I miss that feeling of a high stress, high stakes game that goes down to the final minute and Marquette winning, like. I love that, and it was a great game, and uh, a game that Marquette needed if, if it really wanted a shot at winning a Big East championship, and so now they are still in the hunt for that because of that win, and great showing by the team, great showing by the fans, and so now here we are with just, hard to believe, only four regular season games to play. Ooh, good t- time flies when you're having fun, right? Yeah, it really does, and we are still talking about a... Um, a potential at a Big East championship. And before we get to the Creighton game, I do want to bring up real quickly that, you know, the NCAA selection committee did their first reveal of the season. Marquette was among the top 16 seeds. They were the 14th overall seed for what it's worth. Um, So they were where... Many bracketologists projected them, including our own uh, Alan Bukowski, who kind of projected Marquette would be in the field and would be solidly a four seed. Any reaction from you, Phil, from where they had Marquette seeded? For for what it's worth, um, they had Marquette as one as one of the 
four four seeds along with Indiana ahead of them and then Gonzaga and Xavier right behind them. Yeah, I will say I put little to no thought into it. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to lie. I I really don't care. I mean, I think it's an interesting piece of content that people will debate and I get where, you know, the 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 bracket, you know, beatniks that that love to to talk about and debate this stuff you know, are going are gonna to unpack it like, boy, why did they, they made some curious decisions, those sorts of things. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh, okay, Marquette's projected in to be a top four seed. Okay, we kind of knew that. Now we got to go out and actually earn that. I mean, we're, we're, we're still, we're still three weeks away from, from Selection Sunday. And, you know, Marquette's got work to do if they want to preserve a top four seed. So, I'm excited, but I put little to no stock into that into that ranking. Yeah, I don't get too buzzy about it myself. I mean, I, I think when it comes to bracket projections, I think I'm most interested in that stuff when you're a bubble team and you want to know if you're in or you're out. And Marquette's, like, comfortably in right now. Uh, we are efforting. We're going to see if we can find a time to maybe get Alan Bukowski here on the pod and maybe talk. Uh, brackets a little bit and maybe explain, you know, net ranking and things like that, but we'll see if we can have time to do that maybe in the next week or two. But one thing he did say uh, that I just wanted to touch on briefly before we get into the Creighton game is maybe one reason why Marquette is solidly a four in his opinion and not really making a bid at the three or two line is they they don't have a great road win. Really, like there are some wins that they have on the road that maybe we thought were great at the time, but maybe don't look so great now. Talking specifically about Notre Dame and Villanova, great wins at the time, but as they as we look at today, yeah, it's not like it's a, a, a real needle mover. Like Marquette's best road games so far, they have lost. They've lost to Xavier. They've lost to Providence. They've lost to UConn, which are all fine if you're talking about building a resume to make the tournament. I mean, those are all losses you can stomach, of course. No big issue there, but if you want to maybe make a move to get up into the top tier of the bracket, the 3-2 line, you need a quality road win and hello Creighton. Right. <laughs> Just what the doctor ordered, we hope. Yeah, so let's let's talk about this Creighton game a little bit. We have seen them once this season. It was the first game of Big East play. Creighton, of course, did not have Ryan Kalkbrenner, and that was obviously a huge difference in that game. Of Creighton's, uh, how many losses they have on the year? Of Creighton's four losses on the season, or, or, or not four, or nine losses on the season, they had three of them when Kalkbrenner was out. And, and maybe even some of those, and the ones before that were the, some very tough games against Arizona, Texas, uh, and then there was the head scratcher against Nebraska, where, who knows, maybe Kalkbrenner was starting to slow down in that game before he shut it down, before he. Uh, missed some time with with mono but the point is uh Creighton's better now uh, since they since he has been back Creighton has won 12 of 15 games so they're 12 and 3 since he's been back they are playing like one of perhaps arguably the best team in the Big East and so now Marquette gets to see the big guy Kalkbrenner in Omaha one of the toughest places to play in the Big East I don't know if I want to go in the nation there, but it's up there. It's a tough place to go win. So, Phil, as we look ahead to this one, uh, Ken Palm has it a four-point spread in Creighton's favor. I think I saw the Vegas line was five and a half in Creighton's favor, which makes sense to me since the Ken Palm line has uh, the struggles without Kalkbrenner kind of baked in there, and now they have him. 
what do you make of round two against the Blue Jays? Um, this is going to be this is going to be an interesting game. I I mean, this is one where I kind of take my previous optimism right and say, hey, look, I'm I'm positive for this team, and then and then kind of take it for a run and say. But I'm worried about this game a little bit, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think, I, I mean, if, if I had to sum it up, I think there are two possible outcomes. Either Marquette wins by a couple of points or they lose by 10 or 11, right? Like, I, it, it's, I don't see a case where Marquette blows Creighton out. I don't see a case where, um, you know, I don't think we'll see the, the, the road UConn type of result where Marquette, you know, loses in the first eight minutes and then it's, and it's never, never closer than 16 the rest of the way. I think, I think this will be a bit of a hard fought, uh, back and forth, but, but Creighton at home with the opportunity to at least get back into the, the title hunt, right? They're, they're in the loss column. They're a game behind, uh, Marquette in in conference records, so Creighton needs this game if they're gonna if they're gonna stay in the hunt for for a title, and and that makes for a real tough combination. Yeah, and you know we focus a lot on Kalkbrenner, justifiably so. And you no, know, Creighton may not be that deep, but the guys they do play are really really good. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Nemhard and Alexander are as good of backcourt as there is in the league. Shireman has been a great addition for them, and uh, Kaluma is a tough matchup uh, as well. He, it, like, all those guys have been very efficient offensive players. I mean, they're tough on the boards. Creighton is... Um, Let's see, they're 26 in the nation on offensive efficiency, top 10 on defense. So this is uh, a very good defensive team. Now, they're... Uh, I should walk back what I said about rebounding. Offensive rebounding, they're actually not that good. Now, maybe that's maybe a little better when Kalkbrenner's in there, I would think. But um, they're good at defensive rebounding. They rank 13th in the country in that regard. Now, uh, they don't force many turnovers on defense, but then they... Uh, and they also take care of it on offense, just looking through the four factors here. So overall, it's just they're a very balanced team because their offense is about top 25 in the country and their defense is in the top 10. So you know this Creighton defense is going to give Marquette's offense fits. And Marquette's offense, while it's been good, it maybe hasn't quite been elite for a few games. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I think they've, I mean, they've struggled at times. And, and you know... It's it seems to be a bit of the the shooting woes, right? Like, and and maybe it's tired legs or or what, but but as an example, you know, Cam Jones had a rough outing in that Xavier game, went two for fourteen. Um, Marquette overall was one of seven on unguarded threes in the Xavier game. So, um, yeah, I think I think the offense is. The offense is still fine from a style and an approach standpoint, but I think the result um, has been a little bit lacking. You know, they didn't, you know, they shot pretty poorly against UConn. So, you know, you got to wonder if this is a little bit of, of dead legs or, you know, the, the freshman and sophomore, you know, COVID sophomores kind of catching up and, and, you know, folks that haven't had these types of minutes or miles put on them are, are starting to feel that a little bit because, yeah, the, the offense has, I'll say, fallen back to earth a little bit. 
Um, but but the reason I say it's it's you know I want to point out that it's it's maybe the the shooting versus the approach of the offense. This isn't this it doesn't look like it from watching the games. This is not a case of hey other teams have figured Marquette out. They've solved for Marquette, and you know like we saw in Wojo seasons. This is much more of hey we're still getting good shots. We're just not hitting those good shots. Yeah, I think when I was watching the Xavier game and during the stretch when Marquette was really struggling, what I was looking at, Marquette was just not getting the points in the paint that it had been used to. I mean, they were driving similarly and you know get, taking similar approaches as far as getting in the paint and trying to get layups and dunks, but it seemed like Xavier was just able to push them like a few inches further from the basket than they're used to, and they were still trying to get those shots up and those shots just weren't falling. And that's why the shooting percentage was such a mess early on in that Xavier game. And, and I agree. This is the, maybe the three point shooting has fallen off a little bit. And it was, uh, it was a real, it was really bad in the Xavier game, but they, they hit enough to win. I'm hoping that uh, maybe a little regression to the mean in this game. And maybe they shoot a little hotter from three in this game as if, and maybe balance things out after that Xavier game. And, and that would be a good time to do it uh, against a, uh, a Creighton team that can obviously score with anybody. Right. Well, and I think that's, I mean, it might sound like an overly simplistic analysis, but this game is really going to come down to who makes shots, right? Like if, um, you know, Creighton and Marquette are both capable of, of lights out three point shooting and, and buckets in the paint. And they're also capable of just, you know, wetting the bed a little bit uh, when, when it comes to some of those shots. So it's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a question of really who's got the legs. Now, Marquette, you know, has all the advantages going into this game that you would want, right? Marquette's coming off of a six-day break. Um, you know, I know Shaka talked about in the in the Thursday show with with Jen Lauda that, you know, oh, oh, it's really only one extra day, and and I get that to a certain extent, but but they are definitely coming off more rest than Xavier or more rest than than Creighton cuz Creighton's played a double overtime game um I believe last Tuesday and then had to fly um out and and uh play Saturday and they won that game but but you know they only play seven players and those those players have racked up close to 80 minutes each um in in the last two games so yes this is a home game for Creighton but They've got to be a lot more tired than Marquette is right now, which hopefully that manifests itself in in either easy turnovers or bad shooting from from Creighton. Yeah, I don't know if like one extra day of film study makes a difference, right? <laughs> you know, like you know the, the the time that you would have been spending to study a Saturday opponent, you instead can look ahead to Creighton. Maybe that's at this point of the season, you probably know just about everything you're going to need to know. But who knows? Maybe it will make it make a difference, and maybe they will come up with something that they otherwise maybe would not have come up with to to adjust or to disrupt Creighton's offense in this game in, in just a little bit and just keep it close. And, and I'm with you that I, I would be, I would be surprised if Marquette got blown out in this game. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if, if Marquette lost and quite to be honest with you, I, I, if I'm having to make a pick, I guess that's probably the way this one's going to go. I mean, it's, it's tough to win on the road and it, it's tough to, 
to beat a good team like Creighton in their place. But uh, Marquette can still play for a share of the conference title. But I, I hope I am proven wrong and Marquette can maybe have its best offensive performance in five or six games. And if they do that, yeah, they can absolutely come away from Omaha with, with a win. Even though they are going to be the underdog, no matter what metric or Vegas line you're looking at, there's no reason that Marquette can't look at this game and say, we can win this. Like They should look at this game and say, look, this is an evenly matched opponent. We've beat them once before. Yes, they were man down, but there's no way Marquette should go into this game thinking they have no chance. I, I agree. And, and... – you know, and again, to your point, they need to come, you know, they've had offensively, certainly they've had some struggles over the last five or six games. But, you know, I, what I'm hopeful for is, and, and again, I keep I keep quoting uh, Shaka and things he said, but I mean, hey, he, he's he's he, a good guy to quote. Yeah, he has good sound bites. He's, he seems, you know, one, he, he doesn't get caught in the, the coach speak side of things. He, he says actual useful things. Um, he says interesting stuff. He really does. You know, and, he, and he's and he's an interesting, you know, he's just an interesting fellow. But anyway, I, you know, he was he was talking about, you know, how the players were were tight before the Xavier game, right? Like there was a little bit of, oh man, this is a meaningful game. We, you know, the you know first place is on the line, yada yada yada. Um, and and I think we saw that a bit, that tightness is a bit a result of, of what we saw in the first half of the Xavier game. So what I'm I'm cautiously optimistic is, is, is now they've got a little bit of seasoning, right? And to a certain extent, it's not it's not complete house money, right? They can't throw it away. But losing right. against Creighton doesn't take them out of the title run, right? They've done enough to build albeit a small cushion, but a cushion nonetheless. So all of the pressure is on Creighton. You know, it's a game that Creighton is expected to win. It's at home. They need it if they want to avoid falling two back with three to go. Um, you know, so all of the pressure is going to be on Creighton. And and you would hope with that Xavier experience, maybe some mental rate reset, um, that this is a team that could come out and just be like, Hey, let's play fast and loose. Let's we we know how we play. Let's not get too in our heads about it and see where the chips fall. There there may be a bit of carefreeness to it. That uh, that might be a good mindset to have. Maybe if they can all get that uh, Tyler Kolick FM T-shirt that's going right. around and just go with that attitude. It's like, hey, everyone's expecting us to lose this game, so let's just go in and play our best game and see what happens. Right. I mean, I mean, no reason not to, right? And again, yeah. they've got a little rest. It's a bit of a reset. Um, and they can really focus on Creighton because, uh, yes, they have three games after this, but, you know, and we'll talk on, on, on at least one of the next three, but it really is instead of a don't lose to DePaul, D, uh, uh, DLTD, we, we need to rebrand it as DLT blank. Just don't lose to blank. Don't, don't lose to any of the three upcoming um, don't lose to anybody. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 lose at all. Um, but you know, this Creighton game represents a real chance to to. It's not a lock if you beat Creighton, but it's close to locking up. It's pretty style. close. It, it it would be pretty close. It would be every. It would be fever pitch type stuff. You'd be just right on the edge of your seats. I just need one more and lock this thing up. But. Um, yeah, let's talk about that, Phil, before we uh, kind of wrap on the end of the show with the uh, game on Saturday against DePaul. So 
I think a lot because really this is what I think most people are curious about or talking about is the Big East championship picture. Where does everybody stand? Where what is remaining? So let's make, you want to just like go through the contenders because there really are only four teams that can win the title because um, Marquette has three losses. You've got Marquette at thirteen and three. They're in first by themselves. You've got Creighton. Xavier, Providence, all 12-4, and four, and the next team after that has seven losses. So Marquette cannot um, – no there's no way all three – four of those teams are getting to seven losses. Uh, it's just not happening, especially because uh, Xavier and Providence play each other, so one of them will not get to seven losses very likely. Right. So, the, the, in, um, the entire bottom half of the Big East would have to take some sort of, you know, virtual steroids to uh, – because there's a lot of – a lot of opponent of the top tier playing, you know, the Georgetowns, DePauls, Butlers, St. Johns of the of of the Big East, and well, you know, those probably aren't going to be losses. Okay, so four games left for everybody because we're all sitting here at 16 games played out of a 20 game schedule. Uh, most of you probably know Marquette's schedule at this point, right? At Creighton, DePaul home on Saturday, and then at Butler next week, and then wrap the season at St. John's. So that's kind of what you were talking about a second ago, Phil, is like, don't lose to anybody. (laughs) Because after this Creighton game, win or lose, if Marquette takes care of business, they will be a champion at the end of the season. Because they'll either, either A, beat Creighton, win out and have the title for themselves, or B, lose to Creighton, be tied, and then win out. And so at worst, you will be sharing a title with Creighton and maybe one other team. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that that's that's. I mean, the 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 most simplistic scenario is, and it. I mean, it technically matters whether whether the three and one comes against if the one loss comes across Creighton because in theory you could beat Creighton and then beat DePaul and Butler and still win the conference title at three and one, um, but. But really, it comes down to you win your last three, um, and and that Creighton game matters whether or not you you win going away. So they win outright by beating, by winning all four games. But then where it gets interesting is, let's say Marquette loses to Creighton. So then, if Marquette loses to Creighton, um, Creighton is then tied in both the win and the loss column with Marquette, um, and then Creighton has at Nova. Georgetown and at DePaul down the road. So maybe Nova Nova wants to do uh, us a solid and and take yeah. Creighton out, but that's the only bump I I would see. Yeah, I all. was after Marquette played Villanova a few weeks ago and that was like the second game back for just a more. I was optimistic that Nova might take a step forward and cause some disruption. I'm losing faith in that to be quite frank with you. Uh, I'm not sure. Crate. I'm not sure. Villanova is going to beat anyone of any substance, like near the top of the league down the stretch here. I, I, I just don't think they. I keep waiting for it to happen. I don't know if it's going to have enough. The only, the, they get Creighton at home. Like that would be an upset for sure. Because according to Ken Palm, Creighton's still favored in that game. So um, it would be nice to get some help from Nova, but I would not bet one red cent on it. No, I, I wouldn't either, but that's the only thing. So, I mean, much like Marquette, you know, Creighton's got to be looking, all right, all in for this game. The last three, 
maybe not a cakewalk, cakewalk. but 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 yeah, I mean, pretty close to it. Yeah, just about as cakewalky as you can get. I mean, um, you know, yes, Georgetown now has two two Big East wins, but who boy did Georgetown and Butler take an opportunity to try and give each other the win that on on Sunday? But this is not a sickos podcast, so we'll, we'll yeah. I was like, I was busy working on some stuff around my house on Sunday, and I seriously did not realize Georgetown won until like midway through Monday afternoon when I saw the standings. I'm like, two wins? When did that happen? I did not know that happened. I totally missed it. Well, you're probably for the better of it. I, I watched at least 15 minutes of game time. and uh, what, what was tougher to watch, that or the NBA All-Star game? Uh, oh, uh, definitely that game, because the NBA All-Star game, <laughs> at, at least like it's like, all right, what stupid thing are we going to do now, dunk-wise? <laughs> okay, so uh, next contender, Xavier. They're also 12-4, and four, currently tied for second. Yes, and and so, you know, and now I'm, I, I actually think we should lump Xavier and PC together, or Providence together, because they play each other. So one of the two of Xavier, and you mentioned that, but one of the two of um, – Xavier and and Providence is going to get another loss. So that would put them two back. So it really comes down to, you know, and then uh, Xavier has home for Nova at Seton Hall, at Providence, and then Butler home. Um, Again, other than at Providence, not exactly a murderer's row, though who knows, maybe Seton Hall can, can pull something there. Xavier is... Is is struggling a little bit without uh, um, without uh, um, oh why am I blinking is not not Fremantle yeah Fremantle excuse me um, so so Providence and and Xavier kind of clash Providence also has at UConn at Georgetown Xavier home and then Seton Hall home so that's probably the toughest remaining four of oh, these for top sure. four contenders for sure I mean there's a dream scenario where UConn um, can do us a big solid um, because UConn is is three back. So as long as Marquette wins two and any two of the four, um, you know we're we're clear of UConn for sure. But you know if UConn goes and beats Providence and then Providence turns around and beats Xavier, that would take you know that would just leave Marquette and Creighton right because both. Because then Xavier, Providence, and UConn would be two back. At least, well, Providence and Xavier would be two back of the leader and one back of the, you know, the not <laughs> whoever whoever lost, right? Uh, depending on how it works out, if, if Creighton wins or if Marquette wins. So, you know, if Mar- so Providence, I'm guessing, is an underdog, according to Ken Palm, on Wednesday at UConn. Yes. So, so we could be reasonably optimistic for some help from UConn. Right, which which we want, right? We want, at this point, we know there's, you know, barring a run in the, the Big East tournament, Seton Hall's not getting a bid. Nova's not getting a bid. You know, I suppose there's a scenario, we'd have to ask Alan, but if Seton Hall beats Xavier I think Seton on the Hall's, road. Like, they're in the mix. Like, I mean, they're, they're, they might be playing for a trip to Dayton right now, but they're, they're not out of it, especially because they have some good games left. Well, with, yeah. Uh, Xavier and yeah. Providence. So they, they have... They have Two big games that they could, if they'd, I, I feel like pretty strongly that they'd have to win both of those games, both um, at prov or uh, um, at, uh, at home against Xavier and and on the road against Providence to to have a shot in. 
But theoretically, we want UConn, Providence, Xavier, Marquette, and Creighton to maximize their their seeding, right? We want those those teams as, as strong as possible with, with four out of the five below Marquette, of course. Um, so if we can get UConn to win against Providence, um, and if Marquette beats Creighton, um, and then Providence beats U- Xavier, there's a, there's a theory where Marquette is cl- clinching a title share at a minimum against Butler. Would you allow me to be wildly optimistic for a minute? Uh, please. Uh, it's like you don't even know who you're talking to. I know. So if Marquette beats Creighton on Tuesday and Villanova upsets Xavier on Tuesday mm, and I'm... UConn beats Providence, is Marquette playing for a share of the conference title on Saturday against the Paul? They 100% are. And boy, do I know someone who will be in the building for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming up. I've been, you know, I've been banging the drum as far as let's get people to the game, let's get people to the game all year. Uh, yeah, I'm going to the DePaul game. I'm flying up from Texas, and as long as the weather cooperates and flights cooperate, I'm going to be there on Saturday. So uh, that's me being wildly optimistic that I could see Marquette play for a share of a conference title on Saturday. But again, that's wild optimism. But back to a little more grounded optimism. Yeah, basically, if Marquette can. Get a win on Creighton. Get a win against Creighton on Tuesday. Regardless of what Xavier does, they should be in great shape to get the conference title outright. Because then you got three games left. You should be double-digit favorites in all of them. Maybe not at Butler. It'll be close. It would probably may, maybe like eight or nine points. But Marquette takes care of business. They get it outright. But if they lose, there's probably going to be enough carnage between Xavier and Providence over the last four games that they each take a loss Yep. at some point. And, you know, Providence, very good shot. They're taking a loss at UConn on Wednesday. Um, and then, yeah, if yeah, Creighton's probably going to win out, quite frankly, if they beat Marquette on Tuesday because it would take uh, a effort from Villanova that, quite frankly, we have not seen from them this year. And then they're going to beat Georgetown and DePaul in the last two. They just are. Like, don't even put – I wouldn't even put my hopes up on that one for, a, like, that kind of level of chaos. So – Again, it's just about handling your business if you're Marquette after this game. Regardless of what happens on Tuesday night, Marquette has every opportunity in its own hands to be able to hang a banner on the last game at the last game of the season at home against St. John's. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I guess I'll ask you the question. So let's let's pretend Marquette loses to Creighton, and then Marquette and Creighton win out and Providence, Xavier, UConn, obviously it, they beat each other up. And, and so it's a, it's a tie with Creighton for a share of the Big East title. Are you in any way, shape, or form disappointed? Am I disappointed with a share title? Yes. Not at all. Yeah. I, I would be ecstatic. I would say hang that freaking banner. <laughs> I, absolutely. Like... It, th- this is this is why I like I, I we haven't predicted the outcome for the for the Creighton game. You know, we've kind of given some possible scenarios, but we are playing with absolute friggin' house money. Yes, we still have to play the three games after Creighton, but you know, with the way this team's playing, I don't see a stupid loss. You know, at, at the end of the season, like like we haven't passed the team. But yes, yes, correct. So like. And given our expectations, I mean, you know, 
I, we, I was wildly, you know, doubted when I said 13 and 7 as, as oh, there's optimistic yes. Phil again. And I was pessimistic by by all accounts, yeah. right? Like, so so we should be over the moon ecstatic, regardless. Uh, look, if you are in any way disappointed with a shared conference title, reassess your life a little bit. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, like, my gosh, uh, a championship's a championship. I'll take it any way I can get it. Uh, I, I would, look, yes, obviously you would love to have it outright and say that you're not sharing this with anybody. But whether it's a shared title or an outright title, it's all the same. You know, you, you still get you still get rings. You still get a trophy in your trophy case. I don't know if the tro- the trophy would even say co-champions. It would probably just say champions. Either way, you would still have a banner that says Big East champions if. I, we hang banners for conference championships, don't we? Yes, we do. We, okay. we, we haven't I, I won a lost. lot, but yes, yes, yeah, we that, do. That's, that's the funny thing is like we don't have very many because Marquette's best teams were not in a conference. Al McGuire's teams were independent, so we just don't have many conference titles for that reason. But uh, I was trying to think and looking up in the Fiserv form, do we have like a Big East championship banner from 2013 or a Conference USA championship banner from – well, we have a Final Four banner from 03. That's the only banner you need to hang for that team. But you get my point. Yes, correct. Um, so, yeah – Shared or outright makes very little difference to me. And, um, yeah, obviously you'd love to have it yourself. You know, the funny thing as far as uh, shared is I, I think Alan Bukowski pointed this out, and it's been echoed by a few others in the media um, since then. But the tiebreaker scenario, now this is only for the sake of seeding in the Big East tournament. There is no tiebreaker for the title. If, if you're tied, you're tied, and everyone's champ- you're both champions. But to determine who would get the one seed, like – all the elements, I don't even know all of them off the top of my head, but there are like 11 of them. And Marquette and Creighton would be tied in all of them. All of them, all down to the last tiebreaker. And the last tiebreaker is a coin flip. <laughs> so if if Creighton and so if Creighton beats Marquette on Tuesday and then they both win out and both finish at 16 and 4, then it would be a literal coin flip to see who gets the one seed in the Big East tournament. Wow. And quite frankly, I I hope we lose that coin flip because like I, I don't care about the Big East tournament at this at this point. <laughs> well, I well I mean I like I care in that like do I have a choice? Would I rather win it or lose first round? Of course, I'd rather win it. But like like I I'm not rooting for Marquette to go out first round of the Big East tournament. I would think it would be awesome to win it. But if I have a choice between winning one NCAA tournament game or loot or winning a Big East tournament, that's easy. Give me the NCAA tournament. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but it, it, I would like to, if we're going to go to the Big East tournament, I would like to take a shot at winning it. And I, you would much rather be on the one line because then you've got whoever is two and three on the other side of the bracket, right? Right. And so, I, it, so it, and plus Connecticut might, well, I guess Connecticut's probably going to end up as the five. No, actually, they might end up as the six because Seton Hall could end up as the five. Because if you can get, if you can get Connecticut and the two and the three seed all on the other side of the bracket, then that one side shapes up really nice. But if Connecticut climbs up to five, then you've got Connecticut against whoever finishes fourth. So you have as, don't have to beat as many of the great teams, is what I'm saying, if you're one instead of two. So that would matter. But again, I, I'm with you in that I am not hanging anything on, like on – whether I love this season or not on what happens at the Big East tournament. Like, 
Number one right now, I would love to... Well, it's almost one in 1A. Number one, I want to win the Big East regular season title. And 1A, I want to win an NCAA tournament game. I think everyone wants that. Um, but you cannot win a tournament game in February. <laughs> so the best you can do is just win as many games as you can right now and improve your odds of doing that by getting a better seed. Yeah, I guess... All right, let's... I, I, I hate to do this to you, but let's ask the question. Marquette wins Big East title loses an NCAA tournament game, the the first one, or Marquette does not win the Big East title, but wins a March March Madness tournament game. Which do you prefer? Uh, uh, I hate this question. I know you do. All right, so based on the sit the situation the program is in right now, I would rather win an NCAA tournament game. I agree. Than finish second in the league. I agree. Because I, I, I am sick of hearing about I'm sick of hearing about 10 years. I'm sick of hearing about 2013. Hey, you haven't won a tournament game. You haven't won a tournament game. Why don't you win a tournament game? Then we'll care. I, I am sick of that. I'm, I'm absolutely exhausted with it. Um, now, if, say, had Marquette won a tournament game last year, then I would say give me that Big East title right now. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't ask a stupid question like this if we won last, if, yeah. it, if it hadn't been for 10 years, right? But, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm I'm with you. I... I I both for shock, you know, it's been a bit for Shaka. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's certainly been a bit for for Marquette. Um, I want that monkey off the bat. I don't, you know, yep. I would trade uh, a piece of, you know, because again, I think the future is bright. This is not going to be our last opportunity to win a, a biggest title in the in the near future, right? I am thoroughly convinced we will be competing for Big East titles over the next decade. Um, yes. So if I'm very well likely again next year, correct. So depending on who comes back, but well, that's an off season topic. Right. I want that monkey off the back. Having said yeah. that, um, I think, you know, if we don't win at least a share, I think that would be disappointing, you know, given where we are, right. We basically have to go three to three and one to guarantee a share. Exactly. And so that if Marquette does not get a share of the big East title, that means they would have lost to one of DePaul, Butler, or St. John's, right? Which would be bad. That would be very. That that would that would feel crappy. It, it just would feel crappy, even if you're finished second in the league, it just because it, it's it would be right there for you because you've it's like you've gotten past the most difficult part of the journey, and then you blow a tire right before you get to the finish line, like you, you don't want that to happen. So yes, that it would feel crappy for that reason. So yeah, I, I'm. I would also be disappointed without a share of the conference title at this point. Right, right. So let's let's just let's just beat Creighton, and then mostly this all goes to rest. Exactly. So let's go beat Creighton, make it easy, and then get a little help, and then we can party hardy on Saturday. Yeah. Now, do do you think Marquette beats Creighton? I don't. Mm. Mm. I, 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 it, it's. Look, I can't pick them to win literally every game. <laughs> like, it's, I, I, I just can't. Um, this is a tough challenge. Now they're they're going to play a great game. I really, I believe that because I think they're going to be up for it, and I think they they are going to take the Tyler Kolick FM mentality in this game and just say, "Look, everyone's expecting us to lose. Fine, we're just going to go out and prove them wrong." Uh, I think they'll. I I do not expect a repeat of the Connecticut game. I, I like you said, so. I uh, I don't think they'd be Creighton, but we'll see. How about you? Um, 
I actually do think they beat Creighton. I, I think love it. I, I, don't I, never stop being optimistic. For I, and and here's why. I, I I think they're due again. The offense is 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 a bit lackluster of late, but I think they're due for for you know a bounce back. Right? They're they're you know yeah. we're we're gonna see a nuclear David Joplin game, or we're gonna see. Cam Jones return to form, you know, or recover a little bit from from his his hip injury against against DePaul. We're going to see something, or or Tyler Kolek is gonna you know is gonna go off and and score. Or hey, something we haven't seen all season. Maybe we'll see a friendly whistle. Who knows, right? But I wouldn't count on that in Omaha. But I love where you're optimistic. Well, I absolutely am not counting on it. But I think something will transpire to give. To give the, this just feels a little bit like a season of destiny right now, and I, I think, I think we're gonna get there. Yeah, like I will say this: like I think this team's very good, but if they go into Omaha and beat this Creighton team, I think I will shift from good to from very good to great. Yeah, like that uh, that I st- I'll start like really thinking that. A, not just winning a tournament game, but a deep March run is on the table. Right. I, well, I mean, if you go on the road and beat a Creighton team, that is a team, you know, especially given the rest of its record, that's a team that you could start talking about, hey, is this Sweet 16? Is this Elite Eight? Absolutely. Um, so, and again, I'm not ready to call that, but but I do think there's there is a lane that Marquette can take to get a victory in Omaha. It, it may not happen. I, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed. Oh, if they I, I lose. absolutely believe it can happen. Right. Like I'm not going to bet the farm that they're going to lose, but if you ask me to make a pick win or loss, I, I would say loss, but, uh, they could absolutely win. Like I said earlier in the pod, there is no reason Marquette should look at this game thinking they have no chance. Right. They should absolutely be saying, look, we're going to win this freaking game. Yes, absolutely. And and so we'll we'll see how it shakes out and but I think either way um whatever the result of the game is, you know, we're playing with house money, so try try and win the game the best you can, throw everything you got at it and and if if we lose, so be it. Go win those last three games, you know, don't lose to blank <laughs> and and we're still we're still in the catbird seat. So it it feels good. You know, to to be in you know essentially mid February, and we're like, so are we going to win the title outright, or are we going to win a share of it? Because that's really yeah, what we're like, talking about. That is wild. That those are really the only two options we're considering right now. Right. Like, and, and based on the schedule, which we went through extensively at this point, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And yeah, like I I think we've got to the point. I don't know if we even need to break down DePaul very much on Saturday because it almost feels like a lifetime away because this game against Creighton is so huge, but it's only. A few days of game, uh, games away now. Uh, days away now. It's the second game this week. Look, you got to win that game again. It, the the running joke of don't lose to DePaul certainly applies to this one. It's a home game. You're a 12 point favorite. DePaul is not good. They've lost eight straight games. Their only hope at all of being in this game is to shoot well from three, which they are an above average three point shooting team. Everything else, they are bad to poor at. Um, again. It's a no excuse game. You win that game no matter what. Well, no matter what, whether you lose a heartbreaker, you win by a hundred or lose by a hundred on Tuesday. There's no reason to go come home and lose to DePaul. Well, and can you imagine the crowd, the juice in the crowd, if if Marquette has beaten Creighton 
and and DePaul's coming in. As, you know, if DePaul thought it was unfortunate the the crowd they got at the Wind Trust, who boy, let me tell you about about a Saturday game against a, just a overly juiced up Mar- Marquette crowd with one Joe McCann in in, in it as well. Like that is gonna be that is gonna be a hoot nanny. Yeah, you, me, Jeff, everybody, we're all going to be there. <laughs> right, all Everybody's three of us. Be filling the place. We're all, we're all going to be Phil, Joe, there. and Jeff's uh, best friends. <laughs> we'll have a, uh, but yeah, we'll have an unofficial like scrambled eggs uh, celebration. We've been doing this stupid podcast for ten years now. Oh, can you believe it? I, I don't. And like, I, I, you know, it. To your credit, it was your idea to come up with, to start. I mean, you're the one who like kind of sent me a text and said, "Hey, you know, no one's really doing a podcast about Marquette basketball these days, like consistently." Anyway, um, there had been a few who had started, stopped, and and just. But we're like, what if we did a weekly Marquette basketball podcast? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And we gave it a shot, and then uh, it went all right for a little bit, and then the. Dudes over at Crack Sidewalks hopped in the DMs and say, you want to post your podcast on Crack Sidewalks? I'm like, sure, even better. And so then that was kind of, that's like the origin story of the pack. That's like uh, that's like our Iron Man 2, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, things started coming together. And then, um, yeah, we've been going on for 10 years. And, you know, thanks to everybody who listens to this thing. And um, if we didn't think people were listening, we definitely would have stopped a long time ago. So... Uh, no plans on stopping it at this point, but well, it d- it depends on if we survive the pre and post gaming of the DePaul. <laughs> of the yeah, DePaul yeah. Game. I mean, it could. I mean, this could be the last one. You know, depending on what happens in <laughs> so, Milwaukee so on I, Saturday. So I, I, I have to ask. In this MCU analogy, is is the case against Wojo? Is that the original Avengers movie? Uh, y- yeah, that maybe so, maybe so. So now we're working on our you know Infinity War, I guess. Oh. Um, We'll our in game. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to figure out who yeah. that is. Yeah, because Infinity War they lost. We don't want we don't want to lose. Yeah, we we skipped we, over that one. <laughs> yes. Well, well, I'll settle for our Age of Ultron, which is going to be tough, but at least we got a big win. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We got to figure out which that. of us is a wizard. Um <laughs> But but yeah, so it, it yeah, it's it's been it's been crazy that it's been 10 years and and you know, if you see us out and about on Saturday, don't hesitate to uh say hi. Yeah, I mean, you know what we look like. We're on, <laughs> we're on Twitter. Yeah, we'll be the one in the Marquette gear. How's that? <laughs> yeah, we'll be the two idiots drinking at at a bar in Marquette gear. Can't miss us. Yeah, can't miss us. Can't miss us. So yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be in the arena again as long as my travels go well. What's the weather like in Milwaukee this week? Um, Don't say cold because I'm sure it's cold. Yeah, well, thank 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 God you're coming in on a Friday night because uh, Tuesday through Thursday are gonna suck. Oh really? Yeah, it's sleet and rain and snow and garbage and yeah. But Friday and Saturday look fine. So no, oh, yeah. wonderful. And I, you know, as long as my Uber driver can get me to the hotel, that's all I care about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be there. So, all right, looking forward to that. And again, I, I fully expect to see a win on Saturday. Again, no matter what happens on Tuesday, um, I expect this team to refocus and be in good shape for Saturday. And uh, I am. Hopeful and optimistic that they can pull out a win on Tuesday. Again, if I have to make a pick, I'd say Creighton probably wins it. But I am absolutely not ruling out Marquette going into Omaha and getting a win and really 
really causing a buzz throughout the college basketball world. Because they do that. I mean, people said, look, Marquette's going to win the Big East. And are they a top-10 team? Are they a Elite Eight team? Can get, they go further than that? And uh, I know we're kind of focusing on, hey, first let's worry about the Big East and let's just try to get one freaking win. But I think just settling, setting the bar at one win is selling this team short. I think they're good enough to have a nice run in March and we just got to get there. Hey, I mean, going on the road and beating Creighton, you know, that that starts to move move you closer to, to, to top five territory, depending on, you know, how, how teams in the top 10 do, right? You get a couple of losses. Yeah, and like, uh, but yeah, like to, like I was saying earlier, what uh, Allen had said about Marquette's resume and, but if you get this road win, all of a sudden you've really checked a box on the resume yep. and maybe you can make a move towards the three line, right? And, you know, three, four, what's the difference? Well, you know, the, a force team loses almost every year in the first round. The three seed getting upset, it happens, but it it is rare. Now, great, I you know Shaka had that happen yep. to him. That was his last Texas team, but um, and I wouldn't say three seed losing happens every year, but it happens. But it's just the three seed losing is rare. The four seed, there's one that goes down almost every year, and then you got that second round right where you're um. And, well, first, if you're a four seed, you could be taking on a uh, like a pretty good mid major. But if you're a three seed, you're taking on a 14 team that a team that probably won its conference tournament and that was their only way in. Uh, and their overall record is nowhere near a tournament team. Whereas uh, you know a 13 seed may be a team that also won its league title or league conference championship tournament, but still probably has a pretty good resume and is maybe would have been actually inching close to an at-large bid. So that's kind of the difference for me. And then you look into the second round, four and five, that's a toss-up, whereas a three-six, you know, you're going to be favored in that game. So it would be nice to inch up a little closer and just get just increase your – because, like I said, you can't – ever say, win a tournament game, then talk. Win a tournament game. Well, they can't win a tournament game right now. It's right. not a tournament yet. Right. Like, all they can do now is improve their resume the best they can – and improve their odds when tournament time gets here, and that's what a win at Creighton does. I think that that's a seed bump is the old cliche, right? I think that is a potential seed bump that, that can get them into the uh, the three line. Yeah, for sure. And and you know it's you know it it just it it kind of removes all doubt, right? Like that's the big thing. Like if 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 you go on the road and you beat a Creighton game with the rest of the rest of the resume, like you say, it, you have to start saying, this is a really good Marquette team. And, and so I, I, again, I think they can do it. I think they will do it. Um, but you know, I'm going to go down with the SS optimism. I just, I please like, don't change now. Yeah. When you stop being optimistic, that's when things are going South. Yeah, that's true. Like that's when things are really getting bad. So Play the hits, man. <laughs> yeah, people give, come here for Give it. the people what they want. We are winning. Give the people what they want. Exactly. All right. So um, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, I, I think, I, I, you know, for, for what I thought was going to be a relatively short podcast, we're hitting that hour mark. So uh, good for us. Again, talking too much, getting close to an hour. You're optimistic. Me, not so much. We play the hits. That's what we do. Uh <laughs> This is as optimistic as I've ever been since like 2013. Yeah, I, know. I know. I know. I know. I, we got to check you for a fever. Anyway, hit us up on Twitter. I'm Joe McCann3. Phil is M O O O F 23 at Crack Sidewalks is the team handle. Go to cracksidewalks.com. We post the podcast there. You can leave comments on the dot com. Remember to rate, review, and please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
And uh, there is the Scrambled Eggs Facebook page as well. Phil, enjoy Tuesday, and I will see you Saturday. Oh. Make sure we have some 77 ales. Uh, Sources of 77s have been procured, and uh, we're, we're, we're going to have a good time. I have no doubt about that. Enjoy the week, everybody. Seashells and balloons.